Reverend Singh, would you join me and Reverend Bernie here in the pool? Excuse me, we need you to help us with something, please. If you're not part of the immediate family, we ask that you will remain seated. Secondly, we also need for you to keep your mask on during the service. I asked the drill team to come and support Sister McDonald, and they've done that. We need to give them lift. But if you're not part of the immediate family, please take a seat right now because we're getting ready to close the casket and we have a time we have to be at the service so please take a seat please take a seat please take a seat please take a seat we're letting the mother and the grandmother do what they need to do I know that this is tough I know that this is tough. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
Sister Alafia, Sister Alafia, this is tough. We're going to lift you up in prayer. This is tough. This is so tough. Give her, give her the space. Give her the space. Give her the space. Sister Alafia, this is tough. Before I turn this over to Dr. Redmond to give leadership as far as this worship experience is concerned, this hurts like hell. And yet the God we serve steps into the midst of our pain and he does not leave us. And he promised not to forsake us. To Sister Barnett, to Deacon Angela, and to Brother Harry, to his siblings, to our King of King drill team, New Generation Mime team, all the youth of this church, to his friends from St. Aug, God has not left you. As a matter of fact, God is very present with you right now. Can I give you the blessing before we get started, even in this moment? The blessing is Eric knew Jesus Christ in the pardon of his sin. That's the shout of the whole day. He knew who Jesus Christ was. Death does not have the last word. And I just want to say to all of our young people and to those who love Eric so dear that regardless of when your time comes, if you know who Jesus Christ is, death is not the end, but merely the beginning of what real life is all about. 
And you can have that even in the here and now. Our heart aches because of what has transpired. And yet all of us from near and far have come to give lift and support to this family. And that's what we're going to do. So I want to shift the atmosphere. If Eric was a blessing to you in your life, can you give the God of Eric these praise as we prepare to celebrate his life? No, give the God of Eric these praise as we prepare to celebrate his life. Give the God of Eric these. Now, if you don't know who that God is, I understand. But give the God of Eric these praise as we prepare to celebrate his life even in this tough moment. Amen. The earth is the Lord's. Come on. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. My brothers and my sisters, we are here today on this sad occasion to offer back to God who sent him here. We just want to thank God during this time. So would you bow your heads for just a few moments and let us pray. Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come. And Father, as we come with broken hearts and tears rolling down our faces, Father, we just say thank you for being here. Thank you, oh God, for just who you are. Just who you are. God, sit down in our praise and in our worship today as we celebrate the life of our brother, Eric. God, sit down. We're going to cry. We're going to hurt. But God, more than anything, we're going to praise your name because we knew Eric and we know that that's what he would want us to do today. He would want us to turn our hearts and minds towards heaven. So God, we're going to do that today. Get the glory Get the glory. Oh, God, we know what the devil has tried to do, but you get the glory. Get the glory, God, out of our singing. Get the glory out of our prayers. and Get the glory, oh, God, of the preach moment today. God, you get the glory. And when we leave here today, we'll leave here leaping and jumping, knowing that we have been in your presence. Father, I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you give God some praise one more time? Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, we, we, we know Eric, and we're going to give God some praise. We're going to hear a selection at this time. It is well with my soul, and we will move forward in our worship.
selection it is well with my soul i'm going to invite the following to come to this particular mic um, and read scriptures the old testament reading quincy kerlock you go to this mic i i have your mics up here but i want you to come and get your mic and go to that podium right there and after he reads the old testament reading then michelle elliott is going to come and read the New Testament reading. Why don't you come on and put your hands together for them as they shall read the scriptures today. Good morning. I'll be reading Psalms 91, verses 1 through 8. It reads, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. 
You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, <laughs> ten thousand at your right side, but it, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Thank you. Why don't you put those hands together for these young people? You can do better than that. Come on, come on, come on. And I see that Elder Tim Greer is in the building. Why don't you come forward, sir? Um, and give this prayer of comfort for this family. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God who gives us victory. Yes. On on Sunday night, I was over to my sister's house, and um, I was talking to Lathia, and and I began to have a conversation with her in order to encourage her, but she encouraged me. She said something that was so profound. I said, L.A., and you know God loves you. And she said, yeah, I know. She said, I thank God for being available for me. And I said, wow. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. A mother who just lost her child, and she's still thanking her God for being available. So, so as I pray, you pray. Dear Father, we thank you and we celebrate you in all things for your goodness and your mercy. God, you're a good God. You're a wonderful God. You're an excellent God. You're a magnificent God. And hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth 
as it is already in the heavens, Father. God, we thank you. With hung down heads, we say thank you. With tears running down our eyes, we say thank you. With a hurt heart, we say thank you, God. With a perplexed mind, God, a confused mind, we still say thank you. Because you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. And you deserve the praise. God, we thank you today. We give praise to you. We ask you to comfort this family, God. We ask you to hold them in the palm of your hands, Father. We ask you to keep them strong. Help them to know that you are God. You'll never leave them nor forsake them. God, that you're God all by yourself. And you never lost a case, Father. God, let them know that you're a good God and a great God. And you're worthy to be praised, Father. God, we thank you for Lathia. We thank you for Angela. We thank you for Harry. God, we thank you for Tamika. We thank you for Sean. We thank you for Andrina, Father. We thank you for the whole family. Now, God, do what you do best. Keep us. Deliver us. Heal us. Protect us. Provide for us. And not only do I pray for this family, God, but I pray for this generation. God, hold them up. Keep them up. Let them know that you still the shepherd and they shall not want. Let them know that you're still the light and their salvation and they shall not fear God. Let them know that you're still the fortress and a refuge, God. In you that they can trust, God. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you for being our guide. And God, thank you for being our keeper. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we glorify you. Now to God be the glory for the great things. I need a better praise than that. To God be the glory for the great things. Oh, come on here. To God be the glory. Amen. For the great things that he has done, even in death. Death, where's your stain? Grave, where's your victory? We serve an awesome God. Amen. And somebody shout amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elder Greer, for that powerful prayer and Thank you for Quincy and Shayla for reading our scriptures. We will have a selection at this time from Courtney. You are my strength. Please receive her as she comes. Yeah. 
words of tribute. Um, I'm going to do the best I can with pronouncing this name. Y'all pray for me. Amen. I'm going to invite Parve um, to come to this mic. And after he comes, Mr. James Benton from St. Augustine's University is going to come after he comes. And then Mr. Ken Frazier will give our resolution. Would you receive them in that order? Come on, let's give God some praise in here. We are still in worship. Good morning. I want to say amen. Eric has gained his wings. Um, I'm Eric's big cousin out of many of his cousins. Um, this is hard. This is going to be hard for everybody. You know. I want y'all all to keep y'all head up. I want y'all all to stay prayed up. Get a better relationship with God. Get a better relationship with God. It's time. I have been to many of these in the last year. Many of these. It's heartbreaking. And once, you know, this is this is over, you know, everybody go on with their lives. But these mothers, these brothers, these grandmothers, these grandfathers, these fathers, they all continue to suffer. Some of them had kids. So these kids, they lose their father as well. Or they, you know, whatever it might be. This is hard for me, you know. Um, Eric was a son of God. I need an amen. Eric was a son of God, you know. 
the beauty of life. We are all living on borrowed time. We are all the children of God. We are all living on borrowed time. And when he calls, it's our time. It's unfortunate that every time seems short to us. But God, had, he served God's purpose. He served God's purpose. They say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I know my boy is in good hands. You know, this is hard. This is real hard. For L.A., for Angela, A.V., Uncle Harry, Drina, Tamika. I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all daily. We're going to be all right. It was an honor to be able to speak on behalf of my cousin. To be able to see some words, say some words, you know. I love y'all. morning. of the church, Reverend Scott, Dr. Reverend Scott, uh, to the family of the church, St. Paul family, sorry for this loss for St. Augustine University, and it's just sad to me because Eric was a person that I learned to grow personally, his family, his mom, especially his grandmother, her and I talk daily, at least once a week about him in school, what is he doing, is he progressing on, is he doing what he needs to do? She always stayed on me about it. She stayed on me so much till I used to just tease her. I said, the boozy grandmother called him again. <laughs> I said, this boozy grandmother getting on my nerves. She calls me. But she loved her grandson. The mother did too. The mother would call when she's at work. But she showed so much love. I retired from working with young people. And I started a mentor program called Benton Youth Initiative. And then the school saw what I have done so much, they brought me up there to help them out to get their enrollment up. So Eric came by my house, and I asked for Vez to come with me because when I first met this uh, young man right here, he came to my house and introduced me to you guys because he came through my program as well at St. Augustine University. And they came and sat at my house, and I told them the things that I would do. And everything they want from this young man, I've done it every day. We stayed in contact. We made sure he went to school. I made sure he stayed prayed up. I made sure he got involved. I'm always fussing at him. These guys will tell you, I'm not 
not a good person to get to know. We're in church now, but when it's time to deal with young black man, I go hard. And mother's going to know that. I go very hard. And, they, and uh, they've been on my Zoom meeting, and we uh, met, and we talked about things. I had to financial aid to get back on Zoom meeting and get Eric back in school this fall. Everything went well. And I always tell young people, um, black college saved a lot of young men's life. Mm -hmm. And y'all have to look at that and look at the rating of black college. I have eight young black males under the age of 30 got PhDs that I have worked with. So, you know, St. Augustine University, absence of the president, Dr. McPhail, after the staff, uh, uh, athletic director, David Bowser, after uh, student affairs, Dr. Love, they sent their love. And they also trying to put a little scholarship together, they was telling me, in Eric D's, because Eric came back to school, and Eric tried so hard. And he just tried and tried, and it's like trouble just kept pulling. You know, just like when I tell people, just to read Jobs 14, where this talks about what? I was born as a woman, few days, but trouble always finds me. So I just want y'all to look at that scripture and read it and take heed to that, because this day and time, we need each other. And I need these men to come together. I need these fathers to step up for these young men. Because these women can't do it by themselves. We need our young black males back in that life so we can stop this going around. There's a lot of killing going around here in Charlotte. I came to Charlotte in 92 to work at a junior college in Rock Hill. Changed a lot of things around. I dealt with this young man on good times and bad times. But I never let him down. If they call me, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to be there for you. But we're going to handle the other part on the other side. In closing, all I want to say, I can do all things through Mother realize that. Through Christ that strengthened me. You got to realize you can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. If it's walking right, you can do it. That's right. I want y'all to take heed to that. Now, that's my last thing saying. I have some other students. They don't got lost. But they'll be here in a minute. Okay. Thank you. Good morning. With heartfelt sympathy, we extend our prayers and condolences to the family of Eric Dedman Deese II. The loss of a loved one is never easy to endure, and we know that the Lord will provide peace and understanding in his timing. We bow in submission to our Heavenly Father and know that His will be done. Whereas Eric Dedman Deese II was a loyal participant for many years in the drill team ministry of the National Baptist Congress. Whereas the participation of Eric Dedman Deese II in such ministry and dedication to the National Baptist Congress are evidence of his faith, commitment, and discipline to spreading the gospel. Be resolved with sympathy that we at the R.H. Boyd Publishing Corporation and the National Baptist Congress honor the young life of Eric Dedman Deese II, which was taken too soon. We have been blessed by his presence and extend gratitude for sharing in the mission of drawing others into the kingdom. His presence, his presence will be missed, but his spirit will not be forgotten. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Praise to be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we also 
that we ourselves receive from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. With sympathy, Dr. Lana LaDonna Boyd, president of R.H. Boyd Publishing Corporation. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. You can do a whole, whole lot better than that. We give God the praise for all of the words of tribute that have been given today. Thank you, Parve, and thank you, Mr. James Benton from St. Augustine's University, and thank you, Ken Frazier. To God, we give the glory. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for being here today. You didn't have to come by here today, but we say thank you for being here. If you sent a card to this family, we say thank you. If you made a phone call to them, we say thank you. Whatever you have done during this time of bereavement to assist this family, we say thank you. Maybe you took some food by the house. We say thank you. But I want to say this to you, that it's going to be more difficult for this family tomorrow and the next day. So can we agree that we're going to continue to call them? We're going to continue to stop by the house, check on this mama, check on these grandparents, check on these siblings. Will we do that? Come on, let's give God some praise, signifying to this family that we will, after today, continue to check on each and every one of you. After the singing of our next selection, the next voice you will hear will be that of Reverend James Burney. Would you pray for him as he comes? Come on, let's give God some praise.
trials and temptations is Gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, for the life of Eric Deese. Father, we thank you, Lord, for how you have allowed him to be a part of us for these 19 years. Lord, we pray, God, although our hearts are heavy this morning, God, we need for you to speak to us. Speak to our hearts this morning, God. Speak to us, God, like only you can. Oh, God, we pray, God, that you will let these words, God, bless this family, God. Provide a sense of comfort, God, even in the midst of troubled hearts. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Truly giving honor to God, to our pastor, Dr. Scott, uh, to the clergy that are here today, and to this grieving family. We bless you. We give honor to the Lord for allowing us to be in this space today. Amen. Amen, amen. Eric, uh, those that know, know that uh, Eric and I had a real good relationship, and this, this is going to be tough, but we know God, and we know God will work it out. Amen. I just want to grab one verse of scripture, John chapter 14 and verse 1, verse 1 only. And it said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I want to leave a title for you this morning, Shifting from Troubled to Trusting. Shifting from Troubled to Trusting. There are some times in our life when we experience things that are just too painful and that it cannot be described. This is one of those times. These last couple of weeks have been times in which my emotions have really been in a tailspin. There's times when I'm up and there's sometimes when I'm down. There's sometimes that I find strength in God and there's sometimes I find myself crying uncontrollable. When I awaken to 
the news on last Wednesday morning, uh, saw that uh, I had missed several phone calls from Deacon Angelo. And when you've worked with someone so long in ministry, you know that when she's calling like that, there's something that's just not right. So as I gather myself together to return the calls, I never expected what I would hear on the other side of the call. She said, Reverend, Eric is dead. Those worker words echoed around me so much, and I, I shocked and stunned, and I began to stutter, saying, what, what, Eric, who? Because I, I, I just could not believe that she was saying that Eric, her grandson, was dead. And since then, my week has never resolved back to a normal state. I, I've been going through some things on this week, if I'm honest. I've been facing some situations that I, I, my mind began to wander off, and my mind began to think of, uh, of little Eric, the little Eric that blessed us so much here at this church. And as I had conversations with the family and friends over this past week, we all began to talk about the different things we remember about Eric. We began to talk about some of the laughter we had around Eric. You see, for those that don't know, when we think about Eric, we think about the youth choir. We think about the youth Sunday school. We think about the youth Bible study, the youth worship, the youth ushers, the youth missionaries, the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, youth sports, youth trips, youth night out, youth lock-ins, youth conference activities, acts ministry, oratorical contests, vacation Bible school, men's choir, National Baptist drill competition, and most notably, the King of King drill team. So when you think about Eric, you think about all the different youth activities that was going on around this church. And somehow, at some point in his life, Eric was a part of all of those. And we know Eric through one of those particular ministries. That's just who Eric was. He was engaged. He was involved. He was always doing something because his parents would not have it any other way. So when he became of age to do anything, trust me, Angela McDonald had him right there, had him right there on time, making sure that he was getting all that God had for him, even at an earlier age. Yeah, yeah, that's just what Eric. But the news of him dying tore through most of us because we saw this young man around this church. We saw him engaged. We saw that he didn't have a choice but to grow up into the knowledge of who God is. See, the seeds were planted a little bit earlier on in his life. Even at the age of about four or five, Angela had him here. She had him engaged. She wanted to make sure that he had that he got to get all that God had for him, even at an earlier age. And so it hit us. As a church family, it hit us rock solid. It hit us hard. Calls from everywhere. Everybody just could not believe that Eric was gone. See, see, see we know Eric from all these things. See, see, Eric was a son, L.A., you know, and he was a son that you was proud of. He was a brother, Avion. You know, he, he was a grandson. He, he was a nephew. He was a cousin. He was a confidant. You know, and most of all, he was a soldier for Christ. You know, it's for these reasons that we are gathered here in this space on today. It's for this reason that we are here to celebrate the life of Eric. No matter how hard it is on us right now, we're here to celebrate his life. 
We're here to bless God for allowing him to be in our presence these 19 years. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we got some questions going on in our mind. And many of us have experienced the loss of a loved one from time to time, and you can relate to what this family is experiencing on today. You know, we think about the last conversation that we might have had with Eric. Uh, we think about the last time that we saw Eric. And we begin to say, Lord, if I could just have one more time. L.A., Lord, if I could just have one more conversation with my son. We begin to think about all of that, and we begin to ask God why, Lord, why Eric? You know, why, why? And God responds back, why not Eric? Eric has already done most of what he needs to do in life. In fact, he's done more than most people, most grown people have done in the church. So why not Eric? The little boy who was always faithful to come in the Sunday school and Bible study, why not Eric? The little boy who will march down these islands and say, left, 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 right, left, why not Eric? You know, the little boy who was engaged in the Acts ministry, the little boy who's engaged in our scouts ministry, the little boy who even as a young child stood up here on this choir and blessed us in song, not just with the youth choir, but also with the men's choir. Why not Eric? Why not Eric? And so as we move forward with such a tragedy, our hearts are broken. And, and Angela and, and Harry, knowing that Eric would not be coming home Again, it's going to be difficult in the weeks to come. You know, L.A., I, I'm sure you're asking God why. Your heart is broken into so many pieces that you don't even know if it will ever mend. So so, uh, so we feel you that on today. The Avion, how are you going to get past losing your big brother? From an early age, you always follow him and you learn from him. And, and to the young people here on today, Juwan and, and, and Ken and Quincy and, and, and Trinity and all the others, I, I know you're thinking in your mind, how, how can we go forward, you know, without Eric? Because Eric was a big factor in all of your lives. And, and, and when we begin to think about all that, we got to figure out a way to push forward. And here on this text, I believe God gives us some nuggets that we need to consider to push forward. And the first thing I believe he gives us, he lets us know that we got to be, be willing to acknowledge our pain. You know, one of the best, biggest misconceptions around is that sometimes that we shouldn't show that we're hurting. Sometimes we shouldn't show that, we, that, that we're pain because we are Christians, that we, we depend on God. But I stand here to let you know that you got to be real about your pain. You got to be real and let God know, God, I am hurting. God, this is too much for me to bear. Cry out unto the Lord and he will hear your cry. Be real about your pain, you know, and that's difficult. But here in our text on today, Jesus has foretold the coming of his death. You know, his disciples had a problem with dealing with. See, his disciples had been with him all along the way. They had been there. They were his confidant. And he, they looked up to him. And, and, and it was at this time that Jesus would let them know that he was going away. That he was, he was not going to be with them anymore. And they just didn't know how they was going to handle the fact that Jesus was not going to be there. And when I think about how Jesus consoled his disciples in this very moment when he's about to leave them, I begin to think about what Eric would say to us on today. I begin to think about how he would console us in a similar manner. I begin to think about the compassion that Eric had for his fellow man that he wanted to make sure that everybody was good. He wanted to make sure everybody was taken care of. And I, I begin to think about that and I begin to think, what would Eric say on today? I believe L.A., Alexa, he would tell you, he's a mom, I'm going to be all right. Hold your head up. We're going to get through this together. Angela, I believe he would say, Grandmama, don't cry for me because I'm sitting in the hands of the Father. Everything you poured into me, I'm now sitting 
at Jesus' feet. I believe Eric would go on and let us know, you know, a church family, it's been real. It's been good. But you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I don't believe I'll come back on this side. Why? Because I'm sitting in heavenly places. I'm sitting at the throne of God. And because everything that I look forward to, I now experience it. I believe that's what Eric was saying. But see, sometimes it's impossible to move on having a troubled heart when we fail to admit that there's pain in our hearts. And one of the biggest mistakes we, we, we make is we don't acknowledge that. You see, there's a whole lot of pain in this sanctuary today. Whether we're willing to admit it or not, there's a whole lot of pain in this place. You know, and, and the questions that linger in our hearts are, are those that are assembled here today. They, 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 how are we going to do this? How this young man, you know, 19 years old, no longer with us. You know, we're grieving, and, and, and the fact that we're grieving, we got to understand that it's not uncommon. You know, it's not uncommon for us to grieve. It's a natural flow of life, and, 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 and it's not going to dissipate in the atmosphere. You know, it's not going to dissolve itself, but rather, this grieving is going to help to shape us as we move forward in life. Why? Because the imprint of what Eric placed on our life will somehow mold us to do better what God expects us to do in life. See, we got to understand that grief is not a fad. It's not something that comes in and go out. It's not an overnight healing process. We cannot only pray our way out of it. We cannot only study God's word and get our way out of it. Studying and word must be accompanied with counsel. You know, in the black church, sometimes we believe that, that, that counseling is something that's taboo. You know, but when you go through some traumatic experience like we experienced on today, you know, I just want to let young people and old people understand that counseling is warranted. Yeah, we're going to pray, and yeah, we're going to study God's word, and yeah, we're going to depend on God's word, but we're also going to take advantage of what the resources that God provides us through some professional counseling to help us to move forward from this place in our life. And we got to understand and accept that. And that's a part of acknowledging your pain. Acknowledging your pain. You know, we say... Okay, that Eric was only 19 years of age and, and he's left us and when we consider that we begin to think that Eric's life was cut short but, but, but our partner here on today and I'll venture to say that Eric's life wasn't cut short Eric's life was fulfilled Eric's life was a life that he did everything that God had already requested of him in this time and, and as we look around in this sanctuary we can't help but to see his footprints all around us we can't help to see the places that we will look and we will see Eric, whether it be sitting up top for worship service, whether it be coming down the aisle uh, as he do the King of Kings drill team, whether it be sitting on this choir right here to my left where he'd be singing with the men's choir. Eric did everything that he needed to do and because as a child, it was instilled in him to serve those that was less fortunate all around him. D.C. sprung up to him as a preteen when he began to do the mission work both locally and at the various conventions that we went to. And as a preteen, he understood the importance of Sunday school, Bible study, and worship. He did not, uh, not allow his youthfulness to stop him from singing even on the men's choir. But as a team, he accepted the challenge because the baton was being passed. He was now the older person. He had to take a leadership role amongst his peers. Now, he didn't want to do it, but he knew whatever I asked him to do, he was going to do it regardless. 
So he might have a little bit of a discussion. Angela, you know how he does. He, he wanted to debate this thing for a little while, and I just let him know at the end, no, this is what you're going to do. But here's his response. Yes, sir. Whatever else you need me to do, Reverend Brennan. Because he knew that I was not going to give up on him. And just like I didn't give up on him when he was little, I ain't giving up on him even at this moment. Why? Because his spirit is going to continue to rest with us. His spirit is still going to be amongst us. His spirit, all the seeds that he's sown amongst us will manifest, will grow, and we will be better as a part of that. Yeah, so, so we got to acknowledge our pain. The other thing I caution us to do is we got to find peace in the midst of this pain. We got to find peace in the midst of this pain. Uh, Jesus said, told his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. He, he was telling them not, he wasn't telling them not to grieve. He was telling them, uh, 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 he wasn't telling them not to miss him. He wasn't telling him uh, uh, that, that leaving wasn't going to be impass, uh, impossible, but rather he was letting them know that, that, that even in the midst of what you experience, your situation, you got to keep your eye on me. Why? Because if you keep your eye on me, you're not going to be troubled. You're not going to be wondering how you're going to make it from day to day. If you keep your eyes on me, you're going to find peace in the midst of this situation. If you keep your eyes on me, no matter what you go through in this life, you'll find peace. You'll find joy. You, you'll find the things that will sustain you in the midst of this situation. Yeah, Eric may be laying before us. His body may be there. But I tell you, his spirit is still with us. His spirit, his spirit still abides for us. And that's encouragement for us today because as we move forward to define peace, we got to understand that, that finding peace is, is okay when you're in pain. Finding peace is okay when everybody else is looking at you, looking to see if you're going to break down. If you need to break down, break down. So cry on, L.A. That's your child. That's your firstborn. Cry on. Let the tears flow down. Let God know your heart. Why? Because God can handle your pain. God can handle your situation. God can handle your hurt. God can handle your wives. God can handle everything that you call out to him. Why? Because he's the one that created us. He's the one that made us. He's the one that thought enough of us to form us, even when we didn't even know ourselves. So, so we got to understand that even in the midst of our crying, even in the midst of our pain, we got to find peace by looking up. Because when we look up, we can also open our arms and receive the love that God has placed all around us. See, Aaron might be gone, but we still got Avion. Eric might be gone, but we still got the drill team. Eric might be gone, but we still got Andrina. Eric might be gone, Angela, but we still got Harry. We still got our loved ones all around us. And trust me when I tell you that although he might be gone, his spirit still rests within us. We see it all around. When I was in church on this past Sunday, and as I sit up here and I begin to look out, my natural thing is when I'm sitting in the pulpit, I look for young people because I need to see where they are. I need to make sure they're not cutting up sometimes, too. You know, I need to see where they are. So I sit here, and my mind begins to, my eyes begin to look out over the congregation. I say, hey, yeah, Eric used to sit there and, and, and see him coming down here, and I look at the choir stand. I look at the ushers. I see him all around us. You know, I see his footprints. I see him all around us because I see him all around us. I can find peace in the midst of him going. I can find peace in the midst of what we're experiencing right now. Why? Because I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so I find peace in that. Yeah, we're going to miss area. Yeah, it's going to be difficult in the days ahead, but we'll find peace if we put our trust in God. If we depend on God. Why? Because God is the author and finisher of our faith. 
And no matter what we go through in life, he will carry us. He will sustain us in the midst of this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the thing about Eric is uh, 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 Eric was one that he always was an encourager. You know, if, if somebody was going through something, he would come and he would stand blank face, but he, he was concerned about them. He was concerned about other young people. He, even as we went on some of the trips, you know, we, we had a problem with some of the kids that sometimes they didn't want to keep their room clean, you know. But And, and we go in there, we tell them, you need to straighten this room up. You need to get this room clean. And Eric's response was always, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know. Never disrespectful. Never disrespectful to any adult. Never disrespectful. He always did what you asked him to do. And so that's why we find peace. And when we begin to garner the peace of God, God will remind us of his word. He will remind us of his word. He will remind us in John when it said, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, but not as the world give you. He tells us to let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He also tells us in Corinthians, finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and God of love and peace will be with you. And he tells us in Philippians, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. See, the greatest tool that we have when we're trying to find peace is we experience the word of God. In the midst of chaos, we got to find the word of God. We got to find peace in the word of God. The greatest defense against anything that stripped us of our peace is the word of God. It is through his word that our minds are renewed. It is through his word that we can settle into perfect peace. It is through his word that it will bring power to help us to overcome a troubled heart. His word provides peace. His word provides hope. It provides love. It provides mercy. His word can even heal a broken spirit. His word will even restore a grieving heart. Our pain will not go away easily. There will be times when it will show up in the unexpected times. Just like in those times when it's unexpected that the pain will show up, we serve a God that will show up unexpected at the same time to provide comfort to you, to provide reassurance, to let you know that it's going to be all right. Let's keep right on moving. So we got to acknowledge our pain. We got to find peace in the middle of our pain. And the last thing I give you is that we got to trust God. Trust God to bring you through it. Trust God to bring you to it, through it. The word said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And sometimes we make assumptions that the life of following God is going to be an easy one. That bad things are not going to happen to good people. And sometimes we paint the picture about Christians uh, this Christian walk is going to be a bed of roses, that there's not going to be some trouble on every side. And, and, and sometimes uh, there, 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 there's some thoughts that go through our heads and think that, you know, this is not going to happen because I'm a good person. I serve God. I come to church day after day, you know. But, but the thing we got to understand is when we turn and we, we begin to depend on God, that's when the enemy is going to hit us even the more. And young people, I encourage you on today that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what you experience in life, when you have a foundation rooted in the word of God, when you have a foundation where you know God for yourself, when you get to a certain age, the enemy is going to come all full blows on you. And when the enemy comes all full blows on you, you got to reach back and remember what God had already showed you. You got to put his word, bring his word back up.
in your life and live the life that God has for you. See, God has a purpose for your life, and it's greater than anything that you can ever see right now. And although you may think you want to go out and have some good times right now and do this and do that, I want to let you know that when you have been rooted in the Word of God, when you know God for yourself and when you know what God has for your life, you got to be on guard because the enemy is coming your way. And when he comes, you got to stand full and stand, trust God and say, for God I live and for God I will die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to trust God to help us through it. You know, in the book of John, he, he's already told his disciples that trouble was coming our way. He told them about the crucifixion and the death. He told them that one of them would betray him. He spoke of the prophecies that was to come. And the more that he told them, the more they began to be discouraged the more they begin to be unsettled. Yet he did not leave them without hope. He did not leave them in despair. He told them that they would come through it. And he would send some help along the way to help them to make it through. He would send some help in the form of the Holy Spirit. So family, I let you know today that you are not alone. That although Eric is here and all Eric is not here and although you're grieving, God is already going to send a comforter to comfort you in the midst of what you're going through right now. Yeah, yeah, and he knew that, and they knew that, and, and, they, and they began to take on what God was telling them. And, and as I sit here to the family, you know, as we begin to shift from being troubled to being trusting, we must understand that although there's some dark days ahead, uh, trust God. Uh, he, he will comfort your broken spirit. And although uh, the physical statue of Eric may no longer be present, uh, his footprint still uh, lives all around us. And as you sit here in this sanctuary, Look at his footprints all over the place. Look where he sat. Look where he led. Look where he ministered. Look at all those things and appreciate God. For God touched this man's life at a very early age and began to conform him to do the things that God was pleased. And Eric did it well. Yeah, yeah, see his footprints all around us. He poured himself out to us at an early age, making sure that when he left, you knew that he was still around. He poured into us at such an early age, so much so that we're gathered here today in this Lord's crowd to come to honor God for allowing him to be a part of our life. Yet on Tuesday night, you know, I, I believe the heart of God began to be broken, uh, just like us as Eric laid there crying out. Yeah, yeah, on Tuesday night, uh, uh, God was sitting high and, and Eric was laying down and Eric was crying out and, and God was awakened to Eric cry. On, on Tuesday night, as Eric laid there in the pain, the, the heart of God uh, uh, spoke to Eric because Eric was lonely in his situation uh, and, and God knew that the time had come uh, when, when Eric should no longer be in pain and, and, and God knew that uh, Eric work here had been done and so so so, so God reached down and uh, uh, he sent the chariot down and, and the chariot came down and, and, and it sweep Eric up and, and I would imagine uh, knowing Eric there was some intense uh, negotiation going on right there with uh, Eric was saying, God, no, I, I ain't ready right now, man. And, and, and God would let Eric know that, no, Eric, your time, your work here is done. And, and, and as Eric laid there, though, uh, Eric began to think, and then he began to say, yes, sir, uh, I'll go, you know. And, and as Eric began to board the chariot that took him on his last mission trip, uh, I believe that Eric uh, looked back, and, and, and then he realized that he was leaving us back behind, but, but it took him to a place uh, where Eric knew that he could march for eternity. Uh, it took him to a place uh, where he didn't have to worry about studying for class no more. Yeah, uh, Angela, it took him to a place 
uh, where the door stayed unlocked all night long and the light always stayed on. Uh, uh, it took him to a place where there'll be no more temptation from the devices of the world. And upon his arrival, I believe that Eric saw some familiar faces. Eric saw some familiar people up in heaven. He, he saw some of his relatives uh, that had gone on before him. But he kept right on looking around. He saw some reflections of St. Paul sitting around the throne, but he kept on looking around. He began to see his U-trip chaperones letting him know uh, that we catch you until your folks arrive. Yeah, I believe Thelma Watkins showed up on the scene and told him, come on, my son, and gave him a big hug with a great big old smile. I believe Carl Taylor showed up and told him, boy, I saw you struggling. Come on over here and let me show you some things. I believe Al Fenner, sitting back chilling, told Eric that he didn't have to worry about cleaning his room up no more. He looked a little bit further and he saw another familiar face. Geneva Walkers was sitting there smiling, thanking God for bringing her one of her children. One of her children. He looked a little bit further and he saw another person he didn't recognize before. And as he looked down, he noticed the man was clothed in a garment that went down to his feet. He was girded around the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were like white wool, act white as snow. His eyes were like the flames of fire. His feet was like fire and brass. His voice was like the sound of many waters. And as Eric approached the throne, he began to cry out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, worry, dry your tears, find your peace, know that Eric, he's alright, Eric, he's alright, Eric, he's alright, and if you want to see him again, live right, live holy, get a relationship with our God, he'll keep you, he'll sustain you, he'll be there in the midnight hour, why? Because he loves us, he cares for us, and he sent his older brother by the name of Jesus to die for us. To die for us. To die for us. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Sing, Eric. March on, Eric. March on. Go on, Eric. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Your work here is done. You've done all that God asked of you. Enter into his presence. Save room for us. Because we coming. Lathia's coming. Avion's coming. Harry and Angela's coming. All your folks coming. All your kin and all your friends. We coming. Save us a seat. Amen.
You can do a whole lot better than that. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise in here. As the funeral directors come, listen, Reverend Bernie, what a great word. What a great word. Have you been blessed today? Did the word help anybody today? I want to say something along with what Reverend Bernie said. He talked about counselors and us taking advantage of counselors because our community really don't want to talk about the need to talk to somebody. I just want to offer this to you all. I have put together a list of names of counselors. If anybody needs to talk to somebody, please call me here at the church. We're here for you. Please know that. Please know that we are here for you. And listen, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody. Can anybody agree with that? You need to get it out. If you are feeling downhearted and you need to talk to somebody, please give me a call. Amen. We're going to hear our final selection. I'm going to ask everyone besides this family to stand. These services will continue at Oak Lawn Cemetery. We will hear our final selection as we will recess out at this time. If you want to know where I'm going, where I'm going, you believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, where that I'm where I am, there you may be also. Oh, I'm going up here. I'm saying to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead I'm shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live, as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. <laughs>